welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means. Sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Hello, Zen Founder listeners. Brooke Bergman Parr here with you again this week. And today I thought that I would talk to you about creating the summer of love. <laughs> No, it is not 1969 again. I'm not necessarily talking about free love, uh, but I am going to talk about how to nurture, create, ignite (laughs) more passion and love in your relationship, very specifically uh, during the summer months. The summer is when the flowers are blooming The kids are out of school, there's a sense of freedom and maybe terror, depending on your love of schedules. (laughs) But I think that given the fact that the routines have gone out the window in terms of the family life, which I know a lot of my listeners have, have kiddos and have families. And so I thought I would talk to you about how to nurture, nurture love and passion during the summer months. And so one of the first things that I wanted to chat with you all about today is something that I've been giving a lot of thought about lately, um, and that is this idea of the date night. Now, a lot of the couples that I work with and friends and even my own parents have this routine of the date night. A lot of couples therapists recommend it. It is seen to be this Not a fix-all for marital passion problems, but it is certainly suggested all over the place. They say, now have a regular date night, and the only rules are don't talk about the kids. Now, I have a little bit of a different take on date night that I wanted to share, share with you because I think the point of the date night, while the routine is super important for connection, that passion or that um, fire or that deeper intimacy that you're looking for uh, may or may not (laughs) come about through the routine of the quote regular date night you know the dinner and movie routine because half of what made the dinner and movie routine when you were first dating is that well you didn't know each other you you were excited to talk to this new person. You wanted to get to know their thoughts, their feelings, all of that sort of thing. And so really, it's not a, about the necessarily activity that you do, whether it's date night or not, but more about the attitude and the approach that you take to both date night and also every interaction that you have with your partner. Now, this is especially important for partners who have been together for longer than that proverbial two-year mark 
where the hormones are said to have faded, dopamine has dropped, all of those yummy things that make us just fall in love, all of those hormones and neurochemicals um, that are responsible for making us fall in love have, have dropped off a bit. However, we can still stimulate uh, oxytocin and dopamine. And we do so by realizing that our partner is still new and mysterious. <laughs> and so when you're thinking about date night, whatever it is that you choose to do, I want your attitude to change. <laughs> I want your attitude to embrace an attitude of openness and curiosity about the person that is in front of you. Now, I know maybe you're thinking, Brooke, I know my partner. I've been with them for 15 years. I know how they brush their teeth. I know how they, you know, <laughs> break too soon or don't break enough or, or, you know, how they like their covers and all of these sorts of things. And some of that all may be true. I know what they want to order. I know this. But I would really encourage you to look at your partner with a different set of eyes. And those eyes are the eyes that you had when you first met. Those are the eyes of curiosity and a desire to know more. Because the real truth is that your partner, while you think you know them, <laughs> you really don't know them. You don't know all of the thoughts and feelings that they are experiencing in any given day. You don't know about, you know, the memories that they had when they were five. You simply cannot know another person fully. There is, it is, it's impossible. This person is infinite. And so when you think about date night, I want you to think about, number one, the approach. Approaching your partner with a sense of curiosity and openness to the infinite truth that your part you actually don't know your partner and that there is always more to know. This also serves the purpose of creating an opportunity for new connections and a new dynamic, which I'm always talking to the couples that I work with. How do we create a new dynamic? How do we create new patterns in our relationships? because we often get stuck, right? And that's usually where the troubles begin, is that we're stuck in a certain way of relating. We're stuck in a certain perception of who we think our partner is. And so when you approach date night, whatever it is, I want you to approach it again with that spirit of openness and curiosity. And then practically speaking, I also want you to think about creating both routine and some different experiences. I have um, a fellow S-Factor teacher and friend who her and her husband, they realized that they were doing the same date night routine every week <laughs> and that it was quite frankly getting a little boring. So they instituted a we do something different every week rule, which means that each week and they sort of alternate planning they do something radically different. So one week they go golfing. The next week they maybe, maybe they do go see a movie. The next week they go axe throwing. The next week they 
they just do something different. They find activities in their area, which I know you're thinking, well, Brooke, maybe you live in a rural area, but I guarantee that creativity will stimulate you to think of something different. And just that fact in and of itself means that you're putting more intention into creating a special experience with your partner, which I really do think is missing from a lot of long-term relationships. In the very beginning, there's a lot of intention and thought gone into what can we do, what are we going to experience, and how is this going to benefit our connection? And I find that for a lot of reasons, we quite frankly get lazy and we just don't put that intention into our relationships as much. And so try to think about doing something different than the routine you've been doing because this will stimulate that openness and curiosity that I'm asking you to approach your partner with. The doing something different will also, as a nice side benefit, stimulate some dopamine because it's novelty. It also really promotes play, which I find that couples who've been together a long time, quite frankly, forget to play with each other. They forget to play with their bodies, with their minds, with their hearts, and they just get into the routine of things and that we do this and we do that. And that's all wonderful and it helps us makes, makes us feel safe and secure, but it can become stagnant and we don't really grow as individuals or as a couple when we neglect to do new things together. Next tip for creating uh, or nurturing this summer of love is to revisit uh, the love languages. I don't know if any of you have read the classic book, Gary Chapman's The Five Love Languages. It's really important to know what your love languages are. And more broadly than that, it's the love languages are about just knowing what makes you feel loved and seen by your partner and knowing how to ask for that in a way that doesn't push your partner away. You know, sometimes we can get into this thought pattern of, well, my partner has been with me this long, so therefore they should just already know, and why aren't they doing it? Okay, that's fine. (laughs) Maybe that's true. Maybe they're being stubborn, and maybe they know, and they're just refusing to do it. But I find that really there's usually some sort of pattern underneath, and and I'll just speak for myself. I'm not going to speak for any of you, but maybe you can relate to something that I do. And the thing that I do is I actually begin with the belief that my partner doesn't want to do A, B, or C. And I start with that belief and then I ask for the thing that I'm aching for. And if I'm denied, it then therefore confirms the original belief I had, which is they don't really want to do this. So, right, that's the... um, Uh, the bias where you're looking for what you already believe, confirmation bias, right? And we do this all the time in our partnership. But what can happen if I approach my ask, if I approach my partner with a different belief, which is my partner wants to make me feel loved. 
my partner loves me and wants to do the things for me that make me feel loved and appreciated. Now, if I start with that belief, the tone of my ask is radically different and I have a much higher chance of it being received well by my partner, right? And so then that creates that really nice positive feedback loop. So again, really thinking about the belief that you hold about what your partner is going to do before you ask, you know, that can really, really change the game. Now, let's shift a little bit. I would be amiss if I did not talk to you about the summer of love, if I did not include some bedroom stuff, some intimacy stuff. In a prior episode, uh, we've talked about differing sexual desire desire patterns and when one partner desires things and the other doesn't. And that really is definitely a dynamic that needs to be attended to. That is uh, usually an attachment dynamic, but it's also a space dynamic. And some people need more space in their relationships. And so I'm not going to necessarily talk about that dynamic, but I am going to introduce some thoughts, my own clinical observations and observations about what works with the couples that I work with. And that is to think about intimacy, sexual intimacy, as much more about, again, going back to my earlier point, revealing more of the self. So when I think about sex, right, we can think about the mechanics of it all. And some people, when they think about spicing up the bedroom or, you know, increasing passion in their sex lives, they might go to, oh, you know, let's think about lingerie and sex toys, you know, and, and that's, that's all fine and good and dandy. But I think what people are missing in that is the vulnerability piece that the really passionate sex, the kind of sex that, you know, we all, I think, actually are craving is the kind where we reveal parts of ourselves that maybe we've never revealed before. And the degree to which your partner can receive that truth is the degree to which we feel seen and loved. And so one of the things that I'm going to advocate that you maybe give it a try is to ask or reveal one of your fantasies with your partner. And maybe the fantasy is something that can be fulfilled. Maybe it can't be. (laughs) But I find that even, even when you begin to talk about your fantasy, there is something that is activated in body and mind. You see, do you know what the biggest sex organ is? It's your brain. (laughs) It's your brain. And so when we can begin to talk about the content of our fantasies with our partner, we are engaging in some pretty passionate, intimate experiences with our partners. There's a great, um, great, it's, it's sort of an older book, and it's called The Erotic Mind by Jack Moran. And one of the things that he talks about is that the nature of our fantasies can often reveal some core wounds. 
And so this is a nice way to really support your partner in healing some of those deeper wounds that they may have that they don't they're not even aware of necessarily but are revealed through the nature of the fantasy. And so if if you as a partner can hold space for that, it can create some really yummy passion and intimacy, right? Because that's really what a great sex life is all about. And that can be why some people struggle in long-term relationships is because it's hard to continue to reveal the self in the context of increasing vulnerability. So the more, the more you can work on your secure attachment, which if you've worked with me, I hope you know what your attachment style is. <laughs> um, and if you don't, please, please Google attachment styles. Take the test. Figure out what you are. And you guessed it, the more securely attached both you are as an individual and as a couple, the more you're going to be able to reveal your, your fantasies and your sexual desires in a way that you feel both safe and seen and your partner feels safe to receive that. And last, my last thoughts about creating this summer of love that we're really hoping to have this summer, I would be neglectful if I didn't acknowledge that I'm sure your relationship has some hurts. I am sure that there have been some things that maybe you resent, maybe you just kind of keep thinking about, keep ruminating about. In order to create passion and love and fun, we have to, again, like I said in the beginning, Begin with a different mindset. Begin with a different approach. And so we need to be able to forgive. Now, I'm not saying forgive and forget. (laughs) I'm not saying uh, ignore really big issues that need to be addressed. But what I am saying is to soften. Even if there are still issues that need to be addressed. Soften your heart space. Soften your mind. I find that people, even as they wish for all of this intimacy and passion with their partner, they might still have a posture of defensiveness, a wall, something that is in the way of the thing they say they want. And so what I really encourage couples to do is to try to soften their bodies And you do that, well, if you're not doing yoga or something like that, please, please get into some yoga practice. Soften your body, take some deep breaths, uncrinkle your brow if it is crinkled. Soften your shoulders, take those shoulders out of your ears and really get into a calm space of openness because it's from that space of openness when your body is open and soft that you're going to be open to your partner and your partner will feel your openness and your softness even if you haven't said a word. I find it really powerful when couple when people can do this in their relationship. People report huge shifts in their relationship when they 
make a conscious decision to soften despite maybe some things that they're not happy about and despite um, maybe some hurt even because it's in this softening that then we can invite our partner into the hurt in a new and different way. And also when we soften, we are again returning to that initial place that we were in in the very beginning where we were curious, where we just wanted to know more, where we appreciated the mystery of the person in front of us, where we wanted to know more and we asked questions. We asked questions. We weren't in that hardened space. And so I know if you've been in a long-term relationship, it can be a real challenge to get yourself to the soft place. But I find that love and this softening is so much of a practice, both for yourself and everyone around you. And so whatever you need to do to get to that soft place, please do. Maybe you need to go for a long walk. (laughs) Maybe you need to go surfing. Maybe you need to do some meditation, yoga, go to the gym. Whatever you need to do to take care of your body to get to a softer place. Because we fall in love when we are really appreciating the unique person in front of us. We fall in love because we're not looking at their faults. We're letting ourselves be amazed at the miracle of the person in front of us, at the miracle of connection and the miracle of love. And it's in that beginning numinous stage that we are feeling all of that But the truth is that that is actually always available to us because the real truth is that our partner continues to shift and to change. Our partner is not the person that we met. And that's a good thing. I hope they have grown. Actually, I know they have, right? Every seven years, every cell in our body is completely replaced. (laughs) And so we are changing every single day. And so give yourself the gift and the opportunity to see yourself and your partner differently and your relationship differently. And I promise you will have the summer of love if you can do that. Now, shifting gears just a little bit, I want to share some really exciting, beautiful news. And that is that Dr. Walling, Dr. Sherry Walling, and yours truly are going to be leading a couples retreat in Kauai this December, December 8th through the the 12th, I believe. It's going to be a wonderful time of connection, building some beautiful memories. I'm going to be leading some workshops on how to deepen your connection, how to shift your posture, how to change the dynamic how to increase intimacy and connection, how to practically implement a lot of the things that I've just spoken about. Because I really acknowledge that, you know, a lot of the things I've just talked about, maybe you're listening and you're saying, gosh, I just ache for all of those things, but I just don't think that's available to me. Well, I promise it is available to you. 
It just might require some, some assistance. And that's okay. So I'm excited for this upcoming in-person retreat on the beautiful, wild, sexy island of Kauai. It's the perfect location for a couple's retreat. It is a very, it's going to be a very small and intimate retreat. Only eight couples. We have a few folks who've already said they want to come. So please, if you are interested, reach out to myself or Sherry, that's Brooke at zenfounder.com, Sherry at zenfounder.com, and we will get the details of this magnificent retreat to you as soon as we can. In the meantime, have a wonderful afternoon. Until next time. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.